News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair, Tom Finn. He's the CEO of Silverstream Healthcare Group. Tom, you're very welcome to the programme. Morning, Bobby. Thank you. Lovely to be with you this morning, Tom. I want to bring you back to South Carlo, uh, the place of St Mullins where you grew up. Uh, your father was a farmer and uh, bred some horses, I believed. Tell us about your early years. Yeah, you, I grew up in St Mullins. I think you probably know it's a beautiful place in South Carlo. Um, my dad was a dairy farmer when dairy farmers were were very small, obviously. Uh, yeah. I remember originally in the... Uh, the cow house where uh, you know they walk in and you tie them with a chain and milk them with um, machined uh, buckets at the time. Now I walk into the milk and parlour and I can't even recognise what it is. It's so it's so automated. But my dad was quite progressive at the time. Um, he got into dairy farming, you know, long before um, and started to expand. Be- you know, before the expansion was the thing, and um, you know, went through the the milking parlour stages, the cubicles and everything else. So he was very uh, progressive at the time. Yeah. Worked very hard and I think that's why uh, we and uh, myself, my brothers we, we and my sister, we worked very hard. Um, I think that was, as I say, so bred into us in the countryside, you know. And was it, a, were you of the sort of family that, you know, work was part of family life, that you did things when you came back from school, you helped on the farm, you... Not only me, Bobby, my dad would go down to the primary school and pick up myself, my brothers, my sister, and half to school to go pick potatoes after school. <laughs> so, like, the yeah. entire countryside came after school. Yeah, and, uh, there's uh, nothing you know, like that, no, though, no. To, to, to breathe a work yeah. ethic, a good, strong work ethic. And then, of course, we hated spring because, you know, South Carlo was quite a stony area, so you're picking stones yeah. day well, and night, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, you went off then to the world of psychiatric nursing, I believe, uh, your own mother filled in the application form for you and the first you knew about it was when you got your interview date. Yeah, it was my sister Anne. Um, I hadn't a clue and I, I was, um, at that time, I, I was uh, selling hardware for Joyce's stores kind of a, you know, on a part-time basis and um, uh, my dad came in one day and said, you have an interview? I said, where? Sent sentence. It's like, how did that happen? Oh, Anne, Anne sent it in, you know, so I, I knew nothing about it. No, no. So but I thought it was all right because you went. He only had to work three days a week, so it was good. Yeah. And you were earning more money than in your part-time job when you were training as a psychiatric nurse. What was that part-time job? Um, working for the farm relief service. I would milk uh, milk cows at the weekends for for farmers who wanted to go away. So I could milk two or three herds on a on a, particularly on a Sunday. Um, I'd just turn up, milk them, and usually the grandparents would put them back out and. Wash up, but yeah, yeah. So, wow, okay. Yes, I milked a lot of cows in the day. So after qualifying then as a psychiatric nurse, was it then you went to the States or did you do something here first? No, again, it was another accidental event, so to speak. I got a call, um, I was out schooling horses one day and uh, my um, boss in the psychiatric hospital called and there was a cancellation to do uh, post-grad general nursing in Dublin and asked me if I would do it. Not something I ever thought about, but I said, yeah, okay. So I, I, I did a, a postgrad uh, course in general nursing and then went back to, that was late 80s, and went back to Senans then uh, for a year before going to America. Okay. And America then, so that was when late 80s, was it? Uh, uh, I was walking up uh, Leeson Street one day and there was a sign at the Burlington. Uh, it was a rec- recruitment company there for America. So another accidental event I walked in, and a few months later, I flew to the states to do the um, the state boards to become a registered nurse in California. 
And then I think January 91, I went to the States full time. Okay. Yeah. And it was there that you got involved in uh, ER nursing, uh, so A&E, and some heady tales from those days of gunfights and oh, all yeah. sorts of mad stuff that just, you yeah, know, you couldn't yeah. really make up. Exactly. It started off all relatively innocently. And, uh, you know, I was working in a different part of the hospital and it was short staffed one night. So I went down and I kind of liked it. Uh, and then I met my um, wife at the time. So we both worked for the same hospital and couldn't continue to do so. And I moved to Inglewood, which, you know, is famous for the riots and uh, yeah. not the best part of, of L.A. And um, so I ran the emergency department, the department there at night. Um, so it was a very interesting place to work. Oh, to say I can least. imagine. Uh, very, very interesting place. How long did you do that for? Um, until um, uh, probably for two and a half, three years. Um, right. Um, I, I, um, and probably long enough because... Um, I'd suggest that's a job that you wouldn't do for life. Well, when, when, you know, when, when, when you know all the coroners by the first name, it's time to leave, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very tough. I mean, the, the, the TV show, which I never watched, ER, a lot of the research was done in, in that ER I worked in. So, wow. Yeah. Um, your route out of that, and again, I assume that was a, quite a stressful job, was through a connection uh, in ER uh, where you met somebody who introduced you to a company where you were running a fleet of ambulances in LA, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the owner of an ambulance, very small company, um, they were having, um, and this was kind of my first, I suppose, move into the uh, the business end of, of healthcare in, in LA, and um, they asked me if I would join them. So we, we, we went from a, f- a four ambulance company to, I think we had probably 80 by the time I left, 85 with lots of you know, emergency contracts for the various cities in the area. So that was, that was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. So, so having got the taste then for business uh, back from the States after 12 years, was it there you decided to try the, uh, the public service? Yeah, so the, the last role I had in, in the States uh, was a CEO of a, of a biotech company. So we did a lot of clinical research for pharmaceutical companies. Probably the most interesting job I ever had. Um, one of the pro- you know, one of the projects we we did, which you know is still very dear to me, was the development of of the HPV vaccine. That's now obviously very successful. So you played a part in that. Tom, we did, did you? the testing for that. Yeah, wow. So we like I remember the first morning when we got the first samples in. Our, our scientist said, "Listen," she came in very excited to my office. Said, "Tom, this is going to work," and uh, and it did. And, and it's great to be part of something that can. In one sense, you know, uh, anyone who gets vaccinated, you're eliminating a horrible, a horrible yeah. illness. So that'll always be something uh, I will cherish. Um, yeah, yeah, no, well uh, done. Yeah. Um, so, so then back then to the to the mundane matters of the public service. That's got to have been a culture shock it from was. somebody who, you know, who had a very interesting career, certainly up to that point. It was. I came back. Yeah, I think we were at the point where I, you know, I, I was. We were both. I was very happy with you know, doing what I was doing, but you know, we always said we. My, my wife was English. We met in, in in California and we came back. And um, it's uh, it was it was a culture shock. Um, it, it was a struggle. I have to say, it, it was very difficult to, you know, in 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 America, if if the board approves something to be done. And it's not done the next day. They're asking you why. Uh, whereas the the, the the public service doesn't work at that pace. Yeah. So it becomes very very frustrating. Yeah. Um, very um, frustrating. So you so you did some work with what became uh, Tusla. 
You also did some work with the NHS, is that right? Yeah, so after about a year and a half back in Ireland, I got the opportunity. Um, the uh, NHS uh, and, and the Department of Health in England had a program for failing failing trusts. So I went over to, I did a lot of work in Birmingham in a trust there and a couple in London. I took a, I took a year's leave of absence to do that from the uh, Eastern Regional Health Authority at the time. Right. And that was great. And it was it was kind of in between. Sort of fixing things. Yes, and yeah. It was kind of a, you go in and, and you fix it, try to get the star ratings back and then kind of hand it back again. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. Um, and then um, the end of 2004, I came back and joined the team that set up the HSE. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's, but, uh, like it's been a, just before we talk about Silverstream Healthcare Group, now your, your, your current business, you mentioned there around opportunity and chance and circumstance. How much of one's career and one's life, in your view, is dictated by just circumstance and taking opportunities that are presented? I think it's a really good question. And I think maybe you noticed, I, I said it partly in fun and partly in, in it being true. And, you know, what did I want to be when I was left school? I, I still genuinely, I don't think I really know what I want to be when I grow yeah. up. And, and it's time to, but, um, you know, you know, like my sister sending in the application form, my former boss calling me, asking me to go to Dublin, my uh, walking past the the job fair in the Burlington, uh, the guy coming into the ER, all of that is, you can call it chance, you can call it accidental or lucky. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have two choices. When these when these um, opportunities come before you, you decide to walk through that door or you don't walk through the door. Yeah. And uh, going back to that great movie, Sliding Doors, that's going to determine where you end up. And uh, so for me, you know, looking back, you know, where I am today, uh, all of the decisions I made have to be the right decisions because I am where I am. And yeah. that's how I look at it. You yeah, know? I think that's a very yeah. stoic way of looking at it. Um, so Silverstream Healthcare, 720 staff. You've got 11 sites. You have another one under construction about to open. Essentially nursing homes. Um, the business was established in 1993. Uh, grew to seven homes and 340 beds by 2019. You've effectively doubled those numbers. What are the plans here? And tell us a little bit about the current business, Tom, if you would. Yeah, I think, again, I'm, I'm fortunate or lucky or whatever. Um, I, I was uh, approached by Waterland while I was working in the Middle East a few years ago. And uh, um, so, I, you know, as a CEO, I'm lucky to have Waterland and, and, and my chair, Laura Dillon, uh, supporting this. They're very, very supportive. So... You know, to come into a company in 2021 in a really difficult time where COVID was still rampant. So there wasn't a lot you could do at the time. But then, you know, when opportunities arose, we opened three new homes last year. We acquired another one and we've started to build a fifth one, a, a new home in, in Kilmacanog. So we've done a lot since COVID allowed us to, to do it since it passed. So very well supported. OK, so so onwards and upwards. What's Where does the future of the nursing home and, you know, healthcare for the elderly actually lie in your view? Well, obviously, all the, all the demographics will tell you there's going to be, you know, a huge demand for long-term care in the future. It's changed dramatically, um, you know, and rightly so. So, like, the home care programs that the HSE have implemented are working. So, what does that mean for us? It means that residents are coming into us much sicker, much weaker, and for a shorter length of time. So okay. the, the, the business is changing and what's needed from the communities that are that are coming into us. 
Um, but the demand will continue to be there and to continue to grow. Um, and how does your product have to change then to reflect that? It's it's the services we provide. Right. Um, now, it, historically, it was you know when when say fair deal came into place, the average length of stay was about four years. Now it's barely more than a year. So you know our care ratios will go up. You know you'll you'll find occupational therapy. We have social workers in nursing homes now. We have physiotherapy. Um, you know you're providing a much higher level of care. Um, somewhere between what nursing homes were and what hospitals are. You know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, finally, Tom. Then just uh, again, that sounds like a very progressive uh, and business that's that's on the road to expansion. Uh, in terms of downtime, you still go back to St Mullins. You still breed a few horses. So the old Tom Finn, um, some of the stuff that you did twenty and thirty and forty years ago, you still do today. Yeah, the, the horses were my dad. So the two bloodlines are there. They're my dad's for years. In, in, in fairness, it, my, my brother, who, who runs a dairy farm, um, is, uh, you know, they look after them, so to speak. We make the decisions on what they go to or what stallions to use. But thankfully, uh, my, my, my brother, my nephews look after them now more so. And, um, you know, you get older, you don't bounce as well. So, uh, you know, these, these are big animals and uh, you have to stay healthy too, you know. Yeah, sure. They don't bounce so good, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Tom Finn there, CEO of Silverstream Healthcare Group. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks very much, Fabi. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.